Hello, everybody. It's uh, Luther and Samir. We're back after a little pause. And today we want to talk about capitalism. Yeah, no less, no more. Hi, Luther. How are you? How are you doing, brothers? Good, good to hear your voice. And um, hope your trip was well. Yeah, everything was great. Uh, I'm back full of optimism and energy. President Biden uh, signed a very interesting executive order. It's nothing that uh, I ever seen in my lifetime, which is what, 40 something years. One phrase uh, that caught my attention and attention of a lot of media outlets was that capitalism without competition isn't capitalism, it's exploitation. Mm. So that was the main argument uh, of President Biden in cracking down on big tech, uh, mm. uh, big corporations like Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Tesla, they just keep on growing and growing. And uh, what do you think? I mean, like, I like this idea uh, that it is seems like an exploitation, but at the same time, don't you think that capitalism with strong government hand, government involvement, that's no longer capitalism? <laughs> well, you know, true. Uh, when we go back to uh, Adam Smith context or free market, um, Frederick Hayek and all of these others, as they have pondered and discussed what capitalism and markets look like, yeah, that does not sound like, I guess, the classical version of what we know to be capitalism. But I, I did hear something a few years ago, and this was around 2008. And there was something I read that there was another meeting at Bretton Woods uh, after 2008. It was sometime like maybe 2009, 10 or something. And they were discussing, hey, you know, where are we with capitalism? And the interesting thing was that that, that sparked my attention was it said that the current form of capitalism cannot meet the needs of the 21st century. And that I've never heard that ever repeated. I don't know. Um, I've never seen anything else or read anything else about that, but I thought that was a very interesting thought. And so fast forward to now with Biden saying what he's saying, it's kind of matching the idea that, look, we're fully invested in a mixed economy. Um, for those who don't know what a mixed economy is, it's kind of a mixture of socialism and capitalism. Thanks to FDR and the New Deal, you know, that kicked, that kicked us towards this uh, furthering this idea of a mixed economy with Social Security later with Medicare, Medicaid, things like that. And so I think Biden is just acknowledging the time we're in. The point is, we are now in a state where uh, automation, efficiency, other things are really changing the dynamic of labor, changing the dynamic of capitalism. And look, we've got to come up with a new way of looking at this. And, you know, uh, another thought that I had that is it ethical for us, for us um, average Americans to criticize uh, CEOs of large corporations? Many of them come from very uh, different backgrounds and they uh, they really created a very great product when we talk about I don't know, iPhones or uh, Microsoft software programs, uh, probably every person, almost every person in the world uh, used that product or at least uh, knows about it. 
is it ethical for us to criticize them? I mean, like, uh, so yes, they were successful. They created a very good business. They became rich. We didn't. I don't know what we were doing at the time. Uh, and now since uh, we think it's unfair, we're going after them and um, it doesn't seem very fair. Or am I wrong? Well, I guess, you know, the term fair has become very interesting to me over the last 20 years of my life. Um, I'm not quite sure how to, I, I'm not quite sure what that means in relation to understanding different facts and context that we now exist in. And I think the term fair changes based on those facts and context. So for example, right now we know that there's massive uh, inequality within our system and structure. And to say that this is now a dynamic that we have to deal with and that the wealthiest a part of this society don't have a responsibility or should not participate in a way where we, we, we kind of work on dealing with that inequality, I think that's not fair. So we, I think we're at this quandary of a basic ideology or theory related to the reality of the world that we live in as a human society. And then based on this notion of individual always comes up and then the notion of society always comes up and there's this, there's this society versus individual. And I think that the role of government is to always maintain that balance. And I think asking the people who have done very well in our country to say, hey, guess what? In order to maintain this balance of society, um, we need you to help participate more. I don't think that that is not fair. I hear you. Uh, and that's uh, actually uh, makes sense. I mean, when we talk about, not we, but some um, out there talk about capitalism, they very often think about some kind of system that exists by itself. No, I believe that the, um, the success of this country, uh, to a certain degree, is because of its laws, rules and regulations. Uh, any political system, any economic system needs these regulations. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, President Biden, the government, the, uh, all the decision makers, they were chosen and they were voted for and they were supported and a lot of money were don donated by these CEOs of these large corporations. So, hey, uh, they chose those guys who who decided to to come up with new regulations. So yeah, it looks like it is fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I know that's kind of a hard thing to rationalize where you say, hey, with the system that we have and that we've built, that you know, people who have more resources that can contribute to our political system have more influence. I mean, we just, we know this. At the same time, it is the strength of the person being elected and hopefully the person who's giving the money understand that their job is for the greater good. It's not just for their self-interest. And But to push back on that sometimes is tough. And I'm not saying it's not, but I am saying that we need it. We have to have it. That is the role of leadership. And uh, it's, it's okay in this, in this sense to say to those who've given money saying, hey, guess what? The facts dictate that we're going to have to do something different. So your self-interest may not be fully realized. I'm not, I'm not saying that they 
they probably won't still try to find a way to to take care of these people. But the notion that you're going to be fully getting all the things that you want that that's in your interest and not look at the interests of society, I think is is naive and ignorant and and not and not something that any real leader needs to do. And then at the end of the day, it's going to fire back. If you ignore the society, if you ignore the people, you know, it's going to fire back. People can tolerate just that much. Uh, we have millions of examples in uh, modern history and throughout the history. I mean, like, let's take uh, Russia, Tsarist Russia. Uh, they would they would never could never imagine that uh, the czar would be executed. There would be no capitalism, and that Bolsheviks will come over and uh, take over. Uh, I'm not, of course, not trying to say that that was the good idea, right. but that was a very good example when people had enough. People had enough. Uh, the rich were getting richer. Uh, the poor were get, well getting children. There were no reforms. There was uh, total stagnation, plus uh, devastating wars uh, that, of course, uh, the poor were fighting. And just at some point, people uh, just said, "That's enough," That's and they overthrew the government. And we have exactly. many examples like that. You meant many examples. You know, you you mentioned Bolshevik Revolution. I think of, you know, Mao. I think of the French Revolution. I think of, you know, the American Revolution. I think of uh, the consistently uh, in human history, when massive inequality, when lack of resources to the masses, access, all these things come into play. Eventually, this erodes and implodes a system. Um, it's just the way it is, and. What we've seen over and over again is that, um, and this is why it's, it's kind of fascinating to me that we're even having this conversation um, in this country, that we have the ability to have hindsight and hindsight is 2020. We can look back and say, okay, guess what? We've seen this playbook. Uh, we need to restore some level of balance. And for the, the so-called people who are a part of this, who are so-called enlightened and intellectual and thoughtful, um, they need to hearken back to those uh, academic and educational lessons to understand that you got to have balance. And sometimes that just requires not just some, but all of us to sacrifice. And uh, what we re don't, don't realize quite well, that the greatest investment that we as a society, uh, we as the people, the government, <laughs> can make it's investing in people yes. i mean yes, the more the more uh, educated the more successful the more happy uh, well off people you have the better is the system the better is the government the uh, the better allocation of resources and um, i guess that's that's american dream and prosperity <laughs> absolutely absolutely well i think that's a part of the american dream but again it depends on who you talk to and it also depends on you know what angle of history you you review but i think that you're right you're right that one of the things that i think of as an american as a black american who's you know lived here grew up here family's been here for a long time you know that those were principles that were were built in to the structure of the conversation about well you know this this human element and 
that's something I always stood about the American dream. And so it, I ponder now sometimes what, um, what to think about, what to look at, what to review as we're having some of these critical conversations in our, in our, in our society. Another thing that I, I wanted to um, bring up, uh, that's the contribution of the wealthy, uh, of the very rich to the society. And uh, they, they do have charity foundations, they do contribute uh, and sometimes uh, a lot of money, but the question is where this money goes. I'm talking about Jeff Bezos, uh, who is Branson, uh, Elon Musk, all of them competing in space. That's billions and billions of dollars. On the one hand, they are uh, moving this civilization, if you want, forward to space. Eventually, we will need to do that. At the same time, uh, like my opinion, my view is, Do you really want to mess up space? You messed up Earth already. <laughs> uh, now yeah. you're going to space. Maybe we need uh, to take a pause and just fix Earth first. <laughs> well, you know what, brother? I actually agree with you. I think that what we've seen is something that is kind of troubling to me, that we say that the way in which we as human beings are operating on this planet and the amount of resources that we're utilizing and burning through um, and what this planet is going to look like in the next 50, 100 years, uh, everything from climate change to uh, water shortages, you name it. Now you have the, some of the wealthiest of us saying, oh, okay, well, this is the perfect time to plan an escape. Uh, and obviously, evident, I think the facts point to everybody can't participate in that. And so um, definitely I think resources need to be allocated to fixing the one planet that we know we have. And the thing that we um, need to focus on is just not, hey, you know, we need to answer some of these critical questions, but we need to work on what is defining us as humanity. And I would hope these billionaires who have great resources, or excuse me, access to great resources because again it's not them using necessarily their personal money you know they are leveraging banks and finance and other things to, in order to produce these outcomes that they would look also to say hey you know what can we do for the greater good of humanity besides our own personal narcissism or ego or goals which are fine i mean we all have them we have our own self-interest and we want to do things and that's great but then again hopefully they're looking at a greater good context with what they're doing while they're still here. And you know why I also a little bit concerned about uh, those who have a lot of money and uh, in this country, uh, and it's not only in this country, in this world, it means power, that all of us have our own vices. And uh, I can say that sometimes uh, my judgment is not the best one. And When you think they are not perfect either, and uh, who knows what kind of thoughts they have, what what are their plans? Uh, it is scary a little bit. I think so. Um, I think out of the ones that you named, I mean, Elon can make an argument that he's doing both, uh, trying to accelerate 
some transitional things on the planet as well as meet his personal goal. But I think overall, I think your argument is very much true to the notion that, you know, hey, hey guys, I mean, not only guys, but ladies as well, you know, let's use this massive brain power that you have and resources and access to resources and not only talk about it from an economic framework, like a world economic forum, but let's talk about this from a human framework, uh, world human forum. I'm, I'm waiting for that to get kicked off uh, and, and, divide, and devise kind of answers to the most prominent questions, but through a human ethic, not through a, just an economic model. Do you think that uh, Biden or his administration will be able to change like something? Uh, because these guys, the CEOs of these huge corporations, they're very powerful. And uh, there is such a thing as lobby and uh, they would be fighting this all the way. Or another thought, if they are not fighting this, maybe... Maybe they are behind this idea. Um, do I think, what, what do you think about, um, I guess, in your question, change what? <laughs> to make, quote, unquote, this world fair. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, um, I do not. And again, I, as I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about the term fair, I, I've really been trying to balance that understanding of fairness for a very long time. And the only answer I can come up with is that do I think that Biden can definitely make or move us in a more progressive way for a better system for all? Yes, I think he has the ability to do that. Do I think he can reach or push policies that will ultimately reach a idea of fairness? No. And the reason I say that is because I don't think anybody has a universal definition of fairness, depending on who you talk to, whether it's a corporate leader or whether it's the worker in the coal mine. Hey, it, 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 that appreciation of what fairness is, is, is something that um, it, it depends on the individual. At this point, I don't know if you could ever reach a consensus, uh, a broad consensus on fairness. And this is the point that we get to. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why we have some of the problems with discussions like uh, minimum wage and having discussions about equity and diversity and things like that. And then ultimately that these things lead to fairness. I don't know if they ultimately lead to fairness, but uh, hopefully they, meet, they lead to a more balanced and better system and that we keep working progressively towards that, that idea. Uh, also, I, I actually don't think that Biden is capable at this point with some of the challenges that he has with his own in the Senate, referencing Joe Manchin, um, with some of the challenges that he has within his own administration with some of the people that he is, he's kind of put around him. I just don't think that he's currently in a space that will allow him to really manifest a lot of these more uh, progressive goals and outlooks, but you know, we'll see. But it's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, at least so. he started a very, very serious conversation. At least he showed that he's uh, ready to take action, uh, not Absolutely. just talk. But Absolutely. it took, uh, what, hundreds of years uh, and uh, dozens of years, if we're talking about high tech, 
to uh, develop and to come to this stage where 1% of the rich uh, own so much wealth and it will take uh, dozens of years or maybe more to change anything and uh, th that's only if we decide to change but it looks like uh, I, I watched his speech uh, I believe I believe he was honest I believe that uh, he's honest in what he's doing and what he's saying in this particular uh, area and I think that's uh, a little bit encouraging. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. And let me be clear. I'm not judging his intent. I'm not judging his heart. I was just talking about the realities that currently are in place that will, that yes, he can work towards something. And I think he will be able to do something. But I guess going back to your idea of, do we get to a place of fairness? I, I mean, again, I, I know I've already gone through that thought, but that's what I was addressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reality, the reality is going to fight him <laughs> every step of the way, uh, unfortunately. And uh, that, that would be tough, but let's hope for the best. Absolutely. Continue to hope, continue to push. Um, and again, I support him 100%. And uh, hopefully that um, we do get to a place where we have moved the ball down the field, kind of using a football analogy. You know, as long as we're continuously moving towards the goal and uh, we're getting those progressive steps, whether it's one yard, two yards here, six yards here, as long as we're moving forward, I think that's a good thing.